Hello, Willow. Hello, Gene. Welcome, welcome, Willow, and everyone to another episode of Bookstabber, the podcast where we we talk books, we rip books in half, we feed books to their mothers. I don't think I don't think I don't think we I don't think we rip books in half. <laughs> Is that fair enough? No. That no, it's true. You coddle books. I'm mas- you I'm massage books. I'm massage them. You you need to nurture books back to health. You find them in the cold. <laughs> They're emaciated. You bring them in. You give them a warm fire and milk. A hot and, hot toddy. A hot toddy and a hug. That's that's what I have to offer for books. But now your house is ridden with so many diseased, miserable books that they're all crammed in there. They can't all coexist peacefully. Oh no, I I, I give the miserable books a home very 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 briefly, just just long enough to they feel like they feel good about themselves, and then I try to I try to rehome them. I, I push them onto friends who are unsuspecting. People would know us as uh, the creative duo currently behind Library Comic. That's true, Library Comic. Oh, and hey, do you want to push your new website, which will be launched by then? Yes. What, what is your new website? Yes. I'm so excited. But, uh, I have a new comic launching. It is, you can find it at www.hauntedskull.com. It is uh, a horror, absurdist comedy webcomic. Uh, it's basically a dumb version of The Twilight Zone. Uh, it's launching with, with three stories, uh, updates with a new story every month at the beginning of the month. That's the that's the whole pitch. It's very fun. It, 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 it's very fun. If I, I think if you were a twisted kid who liked uh, Goosebumps back in the day, that's for you. Would you agree? It's hard to not compare it to Tales from the Crypt and Goosebumps. It, like all those things are basically the same, and I totally love them. And that's the the inspiration behind the Haunted Skull. Excellent, and, and it's a great it's a great uh, title for the comic. So anyway, congratulations and uh, happy launch. Um, let's see. But today we're going to talk about. Four volumes of Moon Knight in advance of the Disney Moon Knight TV show. Uh, before we get into that, uh, I was only able to find three volumes of this Moon Knight. I couldn't find the fourth volume. On on Hoopla? Yeah, I, I could only get three. <laughs> which which one didn't you get? The fourth one. Oh, no. Well, you, you, you tell me about this now? <laughs> Well, I didn't, I looked, oh, no, I went to Marvel.com because I double-checked because I was like, I think we're talking about four volumes, but according to Marvel's own personal comics index, there is oh. no fourth volume no, of this No, 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 the, the next volume is the, it's the Jeff Lemire book, and it's, it's, it, they re, they renumbered it, it's volume one again. Well, I didn't know that, well, we, <laughs> I thought that was volume four. <laughs> we were looking at Hoopla, we were looking at Hoopla, we were discussing this. Hoopla, yeah, but you said... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, do you want to read it together online today while we're looking at this? I don't know if I can I don't know if I can get it. It's uh I mean, look, I think I I think it's not going to change my opinion on any of this. I think it's entirely okay. I'm I'm throwing away my notes. <laughs> Well, the, the, it's literally the difference of I just didn't read the Jeff Lemire Moon Knight. I still read seventy five percent of Moon Knight. Well, I will, okay? I will, of, I will tell you about the Jeff Lemire Moon Knight then at the end, and and you can see if it changes right. anything in your mind at all. Um, I, I mean, I think the, I think the nature of the comic is already sort of set by volume three, so I can't imagine that volume four is going to radically upset anything well it's, it's not volume four it's a relaunch but but let, let, let's get into that so so moon knight <laughs> here's my here's my pitch for moon knight which is not much of a pitch at all moon knight is uh obviously based on the character the character of moon knight uh let's see behind the mask is mark specter he's a mercenary 
He is killed in Egypt, um, I think under the statue of Khonshu, who's the Egyptian moon deity. Mark Spector is basically raised from the dead by Khonshu to be Khonshu's agent on Earth. Um, he returns from life. He returns to life. He basically beats the crap out of the people who killed him. Uh, and he goes on to, to fight crime. I'll say in quotes, crime, uh, trying to redeem himself. Um, but Khonshu has different aspects, and that gives Mark Spector a uh, kind of dissociative disorder. Uh, and when he fights crime as Moon Knight, he, he can be in a different costume, kind of a different personality. Uh, basically, being Moon Knight drives Mark Spector insane um, and puts him on the wrong side of the law quite often. So that is my pitch for Moon Knight. Good enough? Yeah, it's it's. I would say from a pitch, it's pretty simple. You know, Moon Knight is a character probably started in the 70s, I would guess, based on his original costume with the big disco collar. Uh the, you know, in the history of the character, he's often considered to be sort of Marvel's answer to Batman in that he is an ultra-rich uh, ultra tech-based vigilante, I, although I guess I'm also describing Iron Man. Uh, the difference is, is that Moon Knight, you know, has a big cape and spends most of his time jumping and punching like Batman as opposed to uh, flying around in a in a mech suit. But this comic, you know... It, he does other stuff that well. Instead of throwing batarangs, he throws little little like moon crescent moons, right? <laughs> like he has a, right. He has a big cape. But what I like, what I like, uh, and we can just start jumping. So the first the first volume is uh, Moon Knight from the Dead uh, by Warren Ellis, drawn by Declan Shalvey. And uh, in that Moon Knight, like Ellis makes the point that like like kind of without mentioning Batman, that that Moon Knight is, is white. And in the Shalvey version, like like. I don't know if it's Shalvey or I think Jordi Belair did the... Let me, I'm actually going to look at a book. Yeah, Jordi Belair did the colors. I don't know which of them uh, made the design decision, but Moon Knight is just optically white. And so he dresses up at night in, in an optically white costume to fight crime. And, and it's because he's nuts. And he wants you to see him coming, unlike Batman who hides in the shadows. So he's kind of. Do you say op- Do you say optically white as opposed to ethnically white? What's the? I don't know. It, it, it's just like it's very very white. Like there's no there's no um, there's no gray. For the record, he's he's also ethnically white. <laughs> yes, fine. No, no. There's just no. There's it, it's pure white. The costume. It, there's a little cross hatching uh, like blacks on it, but there's no grays. Even when Moon Knight is in shadows, the the costume almost glows on the page. Right, the way it's done in this first volume, this, the 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 volumes sure, after this are sure. a little bit different. There's more gray tones, but the way uh, Shalvey and and Belair work together to create this, it, it's it's optically white, so it looks crazier and, and kind of more stark. Um, right. When when the comic starts with this new uh, from the dead, it's you know our introduction to Moon Knight. They they give us a little preamble that you know to fill him fill us in on his backstory. And one of his big character details is that he is you know he's got multiple personalities. He's uh, mentally unwell. Although that doesn't, I feel like that doesn't really manifest throughout this run. At least the first three volumes. Well, it, it, it's not. Um, it, it, it's not really. Yeah, I mean, like, so the run that preceded this was by uh, Bendis and Alex Maleev, and that really made use of it. Like, he's always talking to himself, and I mean, he's he's talking to himself here, but it's, it's shown that he's talking to his god all the time in his head. Um, and but there in, in the previous run, he was talking to heroes that weren't there, and he was kind of claiming he was clearly he clearly thought he was other people sometimes when he was just presenting as Mark Spector, the crazy guy. I, I mean this. This is an interesting run of comics because it 
very much feels like an anthology of like the, there are a lot of stories in here that are basically unrelated to each other. Right. Right. And I, I think, I think the interesting thing is like, like this run when this started, like Moon Knight wasn't, I don't know what Moon Knight's status was in the Marvel universe, but they hadn't done with anything with him significant in a while, at least nothing that I knew about. And this doesn't really build on the past for it. It selects a few things from the past uh, kind of redesigns some some different costumes. Well, redesigns the costumes has a few different costumes as well as kind of a version of the classic one, and and then um, doesn't it doesn't worry much about the past. It favors uh, especially the Ellis volume, the first volume favors very episodic, very self contained stories in a single comic, right? Well, and I was I was confused. So it feels very much like when they wrote these comics, I say they, a lot of people worked on these. Uh, there's clearly a, a team effort at hand here. Um, but it feels very much like it could have been any superhero. Like this did not have to be Moon Knight. They, you know, they make specific references to, you know, the God Khonshu and Khonshu shows up at multiple moments. But in terms of the, could you have replaced this with Wolverine? Could you have replaced this with Spider-Man? Could you have replaced this with uh, Black Panther? Yeah, you really could have. It, there's nothing about this that's like, this is why Moon Knight is a great character. It it has it it feels as if Moon Knight is kind of a, it's kind of an Ishmael. Like he's a super, he's a stand-in for a superhero in this comic. Well, doesn't doesn't but yeah, but doesn't every superhero comic feel like that to some extent? Like oh well, whatever superhero was here no. would solve this problem. No, you don't think so? No, I I absolutely no. Like a really good Spider-Man comic is all about the character. Like Spider-Man as a character, at, has a completely different way of existing in terms of the the kinds of personal conflicts that he experiences, you know, a Spider-Man comic should not read like a Batman comic, should not read like a Captain America comic, because those characters have personalities and have personal relationships and histories that are different from each other. Sure, there are similarities, I'm not going to deny that. Um, well, I, I just I just mean, yeah. like, like in as much as, like, like, Moon Knight doesn't really have people. Right in 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 any of these comics per se. Ex- well, except that's for that's one of the weird th- that's one of the weird things is that there's even one of the stories there's a there's a detective who's trying to dig up dirt on Moon Knight and he goes and finds the people who are supposed to be important to Moon Knight and they just like eh like <laughs> we I don't don't screw with Moon Knight is all they say and then he leaves them alone and then we never see them ever again and it's stupid it's kind of stupid. Well, it, I, I, I am. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of conflicted on this as a whole. Well, I, I, I can't say I can't say it's not dumb, but but I found it enjoyable. Um, like like I think I think in the first one, I think Ellis, the first story of the first book, like Ellis is trying to kind of have Moon Knight confront himself in some way. It's it's another soldier who was injured in an IED blast. I mean, this and spoilers ahead. We didn't give the spoiler warning, but we're going to spoil these books in their entirety. Like in the first. So in the first story, which is the first issue of the comic, like uh, there's a slasher on the loose, uh, Moon Knight, who is not identified as Moon Knight. He's identified as Mister Knight, and he's kind of wearing a suit with a and has a white bag over his head with a moon symbol on it. Goes. But if you picked up a comic called Moon Knight, right, right, well, well, you you know sure, you know sure. it's Moon Knight. Well, go, goes to help the police and then goes to find this guy, uh, the the slasher in his underground lair, and it's some. Some Warren Ellisy hodgepodge of a guy who's been killing not as slashers often do uh, victimy victims, but but strong men like people with lots of muscle and basically harvesting their their meat to to rebuild his body because he with some kind of stolen medical technology 
He's he's just this big bag of tissue that's monstrous and awful. And uh, you know, as Moon Knight prepares to to confront him, uh, they're they're kind of they're kind of poking at each other a little bit. And and the creature, the the soldier says, "You're you're no offense, buddy, but you're a mile underground wearing a white suit and a bag on your head." And Moon Knight says, "Fair point." Like they're both kind of out of their minds, right? Like Moon Knight tells him he's out of his mind. He tells Moon Knight he's out of his mind. Moon Knight admits he's out of his mind, and then they fight. It, it's it's a little ridiculous, and that's the tone of the book. It's like, oh, this is kind of silly, yeah, but we're gonna have fun. Well, and what I love what I love about that is I feel like th- that entire story takes five minutes in real time. Moon Knight is called to do detective work. He says, "You know what? I bet this killer is underground." He right. Climbs a right. ladder underground, finds the killer immediately, and then kills him. Like it's over immediately. It doesn't doesn't kill him. <laughs> it doesn't really kills him. I don't, I don't, does it kill does it kill him? Well, the guy dies. I, I you're right. Moon Knight doesn't behead him, but I'm pretty sure he explodes or whatever. <laughs> he dies of his own evils. I mean, he's not doing well. He's a crazy cyborg man who's stealing other people's meat. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He doesn't end well. I see his I see his mouth exploding with blood. <laughs> see, I see. See, he exploded. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and and then later. So I was exp- trying to explain this to some friends, and it's like you can't describe these stories there without sounding like a complete lunatic. It's like, <laughs> all right, then there's another there's another story later where Moon Knight finds a bunch of criminals who are capturing ghosts in what I can only describe as pokeballs. Now hold on, hold on. We, 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 uh, I, I think we have to we have to take these one at a time. <laughs> Well, I am taking one at a time. I'm just not doing them in chronological order. No, no, it, no. But the order literally, it doesn't matter. I, I, the Pokeball no, story has di- nothing to do with anything else. I disagree with that because I think I think the I think the first volume, I think it holds together better because everything is like individual. Like, like the second story in the first volume is told in um, eight panel. Okay. Every every page has eight panels on it, and it's a story of nine people being assassinated. Right, I yeah, like the, that is a story that happened. Sure, it's, well, it's the sniper story, right? And then Moon Knight tracks down the sniper with his—he's got the big flying wing, much like Batman again, <laughs> right? Well, here's the thing: we can't we can't go through each individual. We're not, this is not reading Rainbow. We're not reading the book to the audience, right? That's that, that can't be what the podcast is. We're not just going to sit and read uh, four comic books to the audience. No, no, no. I I don't think so either. But like, like I just think I just think like. Like, like, like the Ellis, because it's, because it's self-contained and it's nonsensical in this very self-contained, like. They're all nonsensical and they're all they, self-contained they, though. They, they are, but there's almost no, there's almost no context for any of these adventures. Like, like I'm agreeing with what you say, but I'm also saying that like in, in having, in having these. You think there's, there's not context later though. Well. I, I totally disagree. Well, I, well, I think that. I, I think that the Ellis thing doesn't even have really much of an arc, right? It's it's not it's not it's not a, it's a book of individ, of short individual stories that are are they aren't they all that though? I I didn't see, read one of these that was like a an actual you know that wasn't just that they're all just short stories. Well, I, I think I think Ellis is just having fun with some weird ideas like like uh, there's ghosts attacking people in Manhattan, uh, separate from the ghost thing you said. Uh, and so right. Moon Knight goes and puts on some some, some armor to fight ghosts, right? Uh, all these patients are having the same dream. Uh, this doctor takes Moon Knight. Moon Knight goes into the dream, which is my least favorite kind of comic, somebody going into a dream. Uh, and he finds out that, uh, that the doctor has killed one of the experimental subjects and buried him under the floor and killed him when he was dreaming. And now the guy's 
mind has like some kind of fungal infection and the spores are in the air and everyone's breathing his dreams, right? It's a very it's a very Ellis thing to have like something spore-related and be breathing it, right? And then at the end he saves a kid from a hostage situation, like a mob kid and and uh you know, it's there's a little bit of Daredevil in there, a little bit of Batman, uh goes just wades through mercenaries, saves the kid, and at the end the kid's like like that's not that's not a mask, that's your face, right? To, to Moon Knight. I mean, that, that's it, it's a it's a weird point to make. It's fine. And then at the end, there's some story about a cop who's unhappy about Moon Knight being involved with police work and wants to wants to. Uh, I think we're si- find out. About I think Moon we're Knight. saying the exact same things about no, this. Guy no, 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 you... no, no. So, so, but that's the first. That's the first volume, right? I mean, like, like, like it's 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 enjoyable to me. Okay. No, like like on an issue by issue level, because comics almost never anymore deliver on a single issue level. Right. I mean, even a superhero comic, as as kind of silly as this is, like it doesn't it doesn't deliver on a single issue level. Like Ellis did this book called uh, Global Frequency about this international group of a thousand people who were called on uh, to to use their expertise in different ways and solve problems. And none of those none of those um, comics bleeds over from one issue to the next. They're all like very self-contained. So the pacing is very, very quick. And, And these read like that to me. It's like, okay, like. These, you know, I mean, I mean, these are these are kind of minor. They're kind of the pacing is great. I really, really like uh, Shalvey's art. I like Belair's colors. You know, it's it's a it's almost a distillation of what a superhero comic is. And there's kind of some weird ideas, like high tech ideas about about whatever about about super soldiers and fungus, like clearly playing in the comic book context. Like that's the first volume, right? Like that holds together to me. But the the next one. Like uh, Volume Two, um, Dead Will Rise, which is by Brian Wood, and uh, the artist is Greg Smallwood, um, and again uh, Jordi Belair. I think Jordi Belair does colors for all these books. Uh, like that, uh, that yeah. that has an overarching story in it. Of like it starts with Moon Knight trying to stop another assassin, but this time the assassin is uh, is out to kill this leader of an African nation, uh, General Lore who uh, apparently came to power in a, some kind of vile way with child soldiers and, you know, some kind of like military led revolution. And this guy has some high tech uh, camouflage suit. And he's running through the streets of New York, trying to, trying to off the general and Moon Knight protects him because the guy's traveling at night. And one of Khonshu's aspects is to protect travelers at night. Uh, and when he picks up the phone, it's, it's uh, the doctor who tries to help Mark Spector with his dissociative disorder, right? His dissociative identity disorder. Uh, right. So, I want to talk about I want to talk about this story in particular because I think this is the pinnacle of how dumb these comics are. Well, well I'm not. Uh, well, but, but I think you said it earlier. Dumb, dumb, but enjoyable is a great way to describe these as a whole. But this one is really, really dumb. Well, well and, and this one, and I'm I'm a huge fan of Brian Wood. Uh, I really like. He's done some amazing uh, Viking comics recently, the Northlanders series, and. Uh, black something i can't remember the name offhand but uh he's 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 got a great body of work dmz uh he did the couriers back in the day uh, a great book called supermarket um i'm a huge fan uh but like like this is not not amazing to me not amazing like like work to me like so the doctor the doctor is set up as the villain at the end of the first issue right and i think there's i don't know five or six issues slash chapters um, right. The, the the plot is that the doctor is also a devotee of Khonshu, or at least in so much as she wants to access to power to 
get revenge on this African warlord. And so she, <laughs> this is the thing, it, it makes so little sense as a whole. So, okay, Mark Spector, the Moon Knight, is the chosen of Khonshu. And she just manages to say, like, hey, Khonshu, if if you make me your champion, I'm going to go kill this guy. And he's a real bad guy. And Mark won't do it. So you should let me do it. And Khonshu's like, yeah, that sounds good. And then she's wearing his bone armor. Yeah, suddenly Mark Spector doesn't have the armor anymore. And so then she's off killing people and and manipulating people in in a grand, you know, Christopher Nolan-esque plot to uh, to assassinate this one man. And meanwhile, Mark, he's trying to stop the assassination. He gets put in a, in a mental institution for a little while. And they make a big deal about how, like, you're never going to get out of here, Mark. This You're not being, tri- you're not being uh, charged with anything because you're never going to see trial. You're just going to rot in this, in this thing, taking medications. We're just going to beat and, you every day. And, and weirdly, he's there because he saved some hostages in One World Trade Center right from some guy who wanted to blow people up or expose them to some kind of chemical it it, it was a little weird but at the end of and, at the end of that then, he's vilified for no reason right and and how does how does our intrepid hero get out of his prison cell that oh is impenetrable oh, don't, don't, yeah he just kind of he, he just kind of does it right like i don't even understand what he did he just finds a seam in the wall and just kind of opens it i think he steals a pen doesn't he <laughs> Like, 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 and they're trying to convince him he's crazy and he is crazy. So it's easy to convince him he's crazy, but he's also still talking. But he doesn't, but he doesn't actually show any signs of being crazy to us, the reader. We just have to take for granted that he's crazy, which is a terror, you know, it's literally, uh, telling and not showing. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they keep saying they're going to, they're doing radical medical procedures on him and you don't really see them and you're like, ah, I don't really know what's happening. You're being held somewhere with no trial. This is kind of wrong. He's trying to right. escape. The only indication, the only indication of any kind of craziness from him is that the that his previous doctor, who is now the chosen of Kanchu, uh, who we understand to be a villain, uh, is that she just manipulated him very easily, and he has sort of lack of object permanence. That's that's the closest <laughs> we get to this guy is crazy. Yeah, and well, and then he so so, so he he leaves the facility. We realize at the end of the, when he's leaving the facility, he's in a plane. So as he's trying to flee the facility, he just basically jumps out of the plane. And then Khonshu has like the choice to give him the power back or let him die. And Khonshu gives him the power back. So there is literally, the, doc- well, and- the doctor does nothing with the power that we can ever see, right? Well, and it's terrible, it's terrible dialogue because Mark Spector is talking to Khonshu and he's like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have given the power to, I don't remember the, the doctor's name. You shouldn't have given it to her. You know, she's just uh, she's just a petty, petty, you know, revenge wanting person. Yeah, I, you know, and and Kanchu's like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have given it to her. You've con- like he's what we learned from this is that Kanchu is the worst deity and he's just easily convincible of anything. Well, I, I, th- I think what's and, I, think, I think what's dumb is like the woman she gets the doctor gets the, the power, but doesn't doesn't do anything. We don't have any kind of what this what this feels like to me so she tells she tells mark specter the moon knight in a dream that she was basically like a little kid when this this general took over her nation took over her village killed everybody that uh you know gives him this kind of very rote story right this is why i want revenge on him like like the the assassin says the same thing the assassin says oh yeah i saw this guy i was with the un like like i saw this guy commit atrocities against his own people i'm here to kill him and then, and then, like, like she gets the power, doesn't do anything. He escapes, gets the power right back, goes and confronts her with it, 
uh, she actually has the general, so she's done something with the power. She's 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 got the general in like an apartment, loses the power, uh, and we find out that she's actually like lying. This whole thing she said is a lie. She's actually rich. Her dad was the governor. He was part of the oppressive regime before the general's regime. Like she she wants to kill him to kind of create chaos in the country so she can get all of her dad's money out of the country and be and and hang out right i mean like like it's not it's not much of a twist but it feels like and like like you check me if, if this doesn't feel right to you a lot of times like i don't think the writers know how long they're going to be on a title the writer artist teams and and maybe this this feels really rushed it feels like there was space in there to do more things like mark specter doesn't have the moon knight powers maybe that's going to go on longer maybe she's going to be moon knight and abuse that and he'll have to get it back and there's some kind of idea there but but like nothing, it's it's like almost nothing comes to fruition. So I'm agreeing with you in a certain way. I found this very frustrating. It's not, it's not well, fantastic. Well, part, part of the plot hole to me is that it's not obvious that actually being chosen by Kanshu confers literally any powers whatsoever. Because it, my understanding of the original Moon Knight, you know, in the 70s is that he was just kind of a jerk. He was a mercenary <laughs> and he, it, well, he was a rich mercenary who just had all the guns and he was just killing all the people. The whole idea of him being sort of saved by this ancient deity was, had more to do with motive than anything else. It motivated him to one, not kill people and two, to do good in the world. Hmm. But I don't, I, my understanding was that he didn't get magic powers as like, and the, the only powers that he gets as a result of being Moon Knight evident throughout these comics that we've read today is that like, he can see ghosts, and that's useful. He eventually gets special armor that he can use to punch ghosts because he needs to punch ghosts. That's mm-hmm. an important skill set for anyone. Don't forget he's rich, the most and, important superpower. But, but that's what I'm saying, though. Kanchu didn't make him rich. He was independently wealthy. I don't even understand why he's... Can you? How many mercenaries can you name who they were rich and they're like i should go i should go to the middle east and do contract work yeah i don't know (laughs) well well, and yeah yeah it it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense but but he seems to be tougher and stronger and faster than everybody else and i think that's his power a little bit to me anyway i mean i i i always felt like that was just part of his thing like that he was you know the to a similar character in the marvel universe is taskmaster i feel like yeah, yeah. taskmaster is a mer- is a villainous mercenary who's his whole thing is that he can just emulate any anything that anyone else is doing but it's not it's kind of a superpower it's uncanny is what it is but he's not he can't pick up a truck and throw it he's not the hulk right and, and, right? and moon knight's not the hulk either but moon knight is clearly he's clearly not not Batman in that sense. Like, th- there's no sense in which this is like a normal guy out fighting crime, like, I, like, like using his wits. He's not using his wits at all either. He just kind of wades in in a way that you're like, oh, this guy must have some power, right? I, I think if Kanchu gives him anything, he's just very lucky, right? <laughs> That's, I, th- I think that might be the only, which to be fair is a good power. But I don't think he's even like Captain America strong in terms of strength levels. Oh, I think he is. Yeah, I, I, I think I. I mean, he's not, he's not Spider-Man quick, but he's Captain America strong. I don't think they give us any... Huh. Uh, to be fair, now, this is something that people debate about, is how strong is Captain America? Is Because some people say, well, is he peak physical? Is he peak human condition, or is he superhuman strength, just not as superhuman strong as, say, Spider-Man? I will, I will, because I, these are di- different levels. I will say, this is kind of a nice thing about this, now that we're talking about it, is that, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty ill-defined, and that's very rare. Like, normally there's a big talk about your powers or some demonstration of your powers. There really isn't one here. He's just kind of insane. <laughs> like... 
Like he's a little crazy. He's wading into crimes. Is he powered? I don't know. Is it is this power like that that he's a little little off and just willing to do this stuff? I, I don't know. Well, okay. There, there's so much to unpack here. I'm, I, this is just going to become a gripe session about all superhero <laughs> comics. It's what I expected. It's what I'm, keep, what I'm hoping for. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. I love superheroes. I've always loved superheroes. Superheroes are very near and dear to me. But like, let's let's get into this. Uh, one of the biggest pet peeves I have in any superhero comic that this is doing 11 out of 10 right now is the not in my city. You come to my city and you do crime not in my city it's like moon knight you don't own this city this is new york city which is also home to the fantastic four it's also home to spider-man it's home to the event but i think it's home to everyone but i think moon knight is weirder it's like well you were out walking at night so that's my thing never to anybody who walks (laughs) at night there's two times you can walk moon knight it's either day or night if it's night they're mine and nobody will be unsafe walking at night well that's really a far-fetched thing given the amount of muggings probably happen at night do you think do you think there's ever been a comic there must have been where the other magical members of the Marvel universe got together and like Moon Knight is there in the corner and it's like Doctor Strange and <laughs> Storm and Black Panther cuz they they also have relationships with African deities Scarlet Witch um, and, uh, <laughs> right Black and the, and it's just like he just he just keeps talking about this Khonshu guy like does anyone want to tell him that like nobody cares that the, that deity like yeah, he exists. He just doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's a little off. This Moon Knight guy. He's a little. He's just always talking to himself in the corner. I don't know what's happening. Not a lot of not a lot of great team ups, right? It's yeah, and it's like I'm Moon Knight. My whole thing is I'm crazy, and Wolverine's like yeah, cool. None of us are sane. Right. Find me a sane. Right. Who's the most sane superhero? None of these people are normal. Okay, so you get this. You get this bullshit comic where the lady isn't even like she's just going for money and then moon knight kicks her butt and i don't know whatever blah 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 and then volume right moon knight wins moon knight wins (laughs) no surprise and then volume three in the night is uh by cullen bunn who uh is a comic writer who writes a lot of kind of supernatural horror comics i would say um my favorite uh series by cullen bunn is the sixth gun uh, about some cursed uh, revolvers in the Old West, as I remember it. Uh, these are drawn by, this book, the third volume is drawn by Ron Atkins and uh, German Peralta. Um, many more grays in the costume uh, now, so we're getting more and more away from just the, the whiteness of the first volume. Um, and uh, Soon he's going to be Dusk Knight. Right. <laughs> it, well, it, in, uh, let's see, this is the one in the first volume where uh, Mark Spector lives in like an old hotel, apparently, that's dilapidated and... Uh, there's ghosts everywhere, and he follows a trail of blood, and he finds these guys who are capturing ghosts and putting them in. Willow? Yeah, this is the Pokeball comic. Well, see, <laughs> the Pokeball comic. I, this is a perfect... So so this is what I wanted to talk about like 20 minutes ago, Right. was the idea that these comics are all over the place thematically. They 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 don't have to be about Moon Knight. They barely have to be about anything. These could just as easily be episodes of Ben Ten, which I feel like now that I've said that, I've I've probably seen this episode of Ben Ten before. Um, and it's a really interesting thing because it makes me think a lot about the disposability of of comics and superhero comics specifically, mm-hmm. which is both sort of their strength and their weakness. Right. 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 That well, it's kind of. But Bun comes in and makes this his own a little bit, right? 
as much as as much as he's able. Um, and the art team does too. Like, like, and and props to uh, Smallwood in the in Volume Two for great layouts and really amazing art. I, I think I think that makes the book digestible. And and the artists and the writing in this third one make it make it just fine too. But I I think that like you're kind of stuck a little bit. Like so in Volume Two we had. Khonshu is kind of flip-flopping a little bit with with Spectre, takes the Doctor, goes away from the Doctor, back to Spectre. And in this third volume, it's more supernatural. And it's like, uh, I mean, like, it's like, it's like there's a, it's like Khonshu is sponsoring other people in the world, or is, or is he? Uh, right. No, it's a really dumb story where there's just a big monster going around eating people in New York City who we learn nothing about. We don't know what this monster is. It's not. It, it looks kind of like Clayface from Batman. It's it, it's it just a, a big gross. It's just a big gross monster that's going to eat a chi- eat children, and Moon Knight comes in and and kills it with, with like two like assault rifles, like just like two massive military grade right in, in a little girl's room where it's crawled out from under her bed to right eat her. <laughs> terrifying and, which he which he only does because he's he had a conversation with Kachu and Kachu's like don't hurt that guy and Moon Knight's like yeah I will you can't stop me yeah I'm gonna F him I, up I'm also <laughs> and so he does it and then the monster dies and he's like why Kachu why and and why have you forsaken me is, why hast thou forsaken me Kachu and and does that ever matter ever again no it does well no 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 no, no it does it does but then then you immediately go off i mean like like this feels like a mix of of influences that i mean like i know all these comics are a mix of influences but this feels like like that that big creature feels like the uh guy in the deep dank basement in the first story in the first volume that ellis wrote and then it immediately flips to uh something that feels like a wildstorm comic where like there's people in like rocket suits plucking people off the street in new york at night so it's up to mark specter to stop them and um they're they're taking them somewhere to make them worship a dead body in wingsuits they call this thing the uh God, what do they call it? Like, it's it's like an angel. They call it the Raptor Goddess. Uh, and these people are chained up to to worship this thing. And Mark Spector goes in to save them. And then there's some hint that that's also like Conchu, right? Conchu has like set that up. They're like, well, well, like we were told you were going to work with us. What's going on? And then Moon Knight offs that person. And then and then Moon Knight in the final story, I think, is pretending to be a uh, homeless guy. Goes into this place. Uh, is going to be sacrificed to this goddess, and then they realize it's Moon Knight, and they're like, "Oh no, 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 no! Sorry, not you!" And they they take him to the back room where there's this godlike lady with all these like little moon symbols, and says, "Oh, you know, Kanshu wants us to be brother and sister and husband and wife." And you know, Moon Knight beats the crap out of her. And yeah, it um, it's not even that these comics are bad; they're they're perfectly fine. You know, they they remind me of comics that I would have gotten off a spinner rack as a kid, and I would have liked them. Right. But at the at the same time, and I think this is just the way the comics industry works, is that it feels like a thousand monkeys on a thousand typewriters, right? They just this is what the, this is what the monkeys came up with this month. Like, all right, this episode, Conchu uh, <laughs> uh, or Moon Knight fights, you know, the Yogurt Man. Okay, how are we going to make the Yogurt Man work? Well, that was my childhood. Those were my childhood comics, the Yogurt Man. I mean. 
Yeah, I know. These are these are I wouldn't say these are a step above the yogurt man. These are just this is just the modern iteration of what this is what the yogurt man has become. Well, well I, I feel like I feel like they try to hide the ridiculousness of it. I think I think you're you're right in that sense of like, yeah, this he could be fighting the yogurt man and it wouldn't matter. Right. I mean, there is a level of ridiculousness where you're like, OK, but but that level of ridiculousness has already been done in your face in like tick comics and like things like Megaton Man. Right. Back in the right. Well, late 80s, it's, early 90s. It's a, it's a kind of pulp, it's a kind of pulp writing that is sanitized for the boardroom, right? Where the, the, if you were if you had to pitch to your editor, which they do, they do have to pitch to an editor. If you had to pitch to your editor, all right, in this issue, Moon Knight is going to fight guys who are capturing ghosts and weaponizing ghosts, and the editor says, "Now hold on a second, how are we gonna make ghosts cool? What? How are people gonna like this ghost comic?" And you're like, "Well, you see, it's because they have electro gauntlets, and I've got sketches here, and they capture them in these cool glass balls that totally don't look like a major media property." And the editor <laughs> says, oh, "Okay, now all the tech stuff, I get it. All right, we're weaponizing ghosts. It makes sense. He's Moon Knight. He loves ghosts." I don't think the Pokemon people own the rights to balls. That's all I'm going to say. No, it's it's not. It's I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying it's copyright infringement. I'm not. I'm saying that. What I am saying is that it's dumb. It's. I mean, let's. I'll be honest. I love Pokemon. Pokeballs yeah, are yeah, dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are dumb, but it's a thing that we just buy into because it just makes the whole thing easier. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's always, always the biggest trick is pretending like the stuff is serious, right? Like, like, right. Like, like that's why I mean, that's why I, I think the, the Ellis volume is laughing at itself a little bit, which makes it a little bit more. The idea of capturing ghosts is a, is by no means new. We've had Ghostbusters for forty years, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you did like. W- you didn't even talk talk about the the episode where he just beats the crap out of some dogs for a while. <laughs> You're right. That is yeah. There's there's an issue <laughs> where a guy is just training dogs to be jerks, and the dogs come out and do random street crimes. And here's the important thing. And Moon Knight at, puts a he puts a tracker in one of them. When do they do street crimes, Willow? At night. <laughs> right. That's the whole thing. Well, and if I remember correctly. Moon Knight wouldn't normally be on this case, except Conchu's like, hey, you gotta go solve this dog crime. And Moon Knight <laughs> says, why am I solving dog crime? And Conchu's like, because my buddy uh, dog god over here... I don't remember. I don't remember I don't know this. If it, I'm gonna I, take your word for this. I, assu- <laughs> I assume it's Anubis or some, or some other obscure <laughs> Egyptian god... But we do see we do see a deity who is like a human who has like a a wolf head who is like it's wearing is like a cowl. We see a we see another god, and the line is specifically even the gods call in favors sometimes, which is so dumb. So that's why Moon the the Conchu stuff I I kind of hate it because it's so because one. All of these comics reinforce that Kanchu is terrible. Is a terrible god. He, d- he basically doesn't have morals. Doesn't have any consistency. The most arbitrary laws. Is willing. Is so fickle. Is willing to exchange power with all kinds of people for no good reason. Abandon his his chosen's. Reinstate his chosen's. He's a terrible god. Terrible motivation. And so many of these comics are obsessed with like, well, I got to do this thing because Kanchu tells me to. And oh man, Kanchu forsook me. That's okay. Oh, Kanchu is also empowering this woman who's making 
crazy Wayne Barlow monster dogs and <laughs> this guy who just is a big like ogre who eats children. Ah, uh, I I should probably if if you were Mark Spector. Now granted, we're told that Mark Spector is not mentally well. But <laughs> If you were Mark Spector, I feel like you would go talk to Doctor Strange and be like, hey, can I shop around for a new patron deity? Right. What's going on here, Doc? Can somebody just tell me what's happening? Because I think I think I'm the servitor of a mad god. And that probably isn't good. Well, there was there was a thing in the in the Ellis volume where um, the doctor's talking to him, tells him he has brain damage. And um, yeah, but she also says that. she says, you're not insane. Your brain has been colonized by an ancient consciousness from beyond space-time. Which, which is like, right. okay, so, so not insane. Not exactly a god. Just some, some, some weird creature that... He's not crazy. He's just a little unwell. He's a little unwell. Yeah. So can I tell you about the fourth volume? The one you didn't read by... The, it's the first of the Jeff Lemire books. Yeah, and I'll preface this by saying that I, it's probably just as well that I didn't read it. Um, I've read a handful of Jeff Lemire comics, and honestly, I've never been a fan of his. Oh, work. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. Uh, what what Essex County is is just one of the best books ever. One of the best comics ever, and um, I, I think I think Lemire's been doing interesting things in the um, in the superhero space as well recently. But but his indie books like uh, Sweet Tooth, which has been turned into a Netflix TV series, are 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 kind of better than the superhero but but uh he did a volume he did two volumes of moon knight i believe and um the artist is greg smallwood who was the art greg smallwood who was the artist uh that really did some ass kickingly great art and layouts in uh dead will rise which is volume two of the books we just talked about but in in this in this book like like they kind of relaunched the idea of moon knight um specter is like locked up in an asylum um moon knight is out in the world fighting crime apparently Spectre is clearly being abused by orderlies. Um, like they basically, they're doing shock therapy. They're beating the crap out of him, uh, and the doctor uh, is trying to convince him that he's been there since he was twelve, and he just has this delusion that he's Moon. Um, but of course, when uh, when he dresses up as Moon Knight using bed sheets, he sees that the orderlies are actually these dog-headed uh, agents of some other Egyptian god. And um, when he escapes, he sees like New York City is you know covered in sand and there's a giant pyramid rising above everything and there's these winged creatures from Egyptian mythology flying around uh, and and the idea here is that somehow like um, these gods quote-unquote gods Egypt exist in that dimension that higher dimension and that the Egyptians were their playthings but they can't come to our world anymore and so they can project their consciousness across what what's called the uh, over, the other void and so Khonshu is acting through the host Mark Spector as Moon Knight. Um, but basically that there's some kind of invasion and one of the quote-unquote gods has figured out a way to come back into our dimension and, you know, they're trying to stop everybody. The, the, the thing that this does that the other books don't do is it has more of an attachment to the past, to the original Moon Knight books from the 70s or 80s or whenever they came out. Uh, has a lot of characters in there that are in the asylum with Spector who were in those old Moon Knight books, uh, probably not worth talking about them in detail. Um, but Spectre's trying to figure out if he's crazy. Of course he's not, because if he was crazy, it's not much of a book. But what an interesting book that would be, right? Ugh. Yeah, that's a trope <laughs> that I've never been a fan of. Um, but but, but, but it, it, it's weird, because like like the books... like like I, I think the Bendis book did this, too. It's like, well, he's crazy, 
but what's what's real what's going on that's real um i don't know i, I like this book a little bit more because it has more um of an attachment to the past but it it's not incredibly clear like the insanity and at the end we're back to Kanchu being kind of evil again and it ends uh i think in in, in a great way that you would love willow with with mark specter killing himself to avoid uh Kanchu taking over his body but uh then Mark Spector wakes up in one of the other identities, the civilian identities, not the Moon Knight identities that he's had. And it says, the end, question mark. <laughs> so, which is my least favorite ending. Do you, I'm sorry, you, you say I would love it because you're lying to me? Well, I think if I just, I think if I tore the last few pages out of the book, and if Mark Spector just killed himself at the end of it, it, it might make, make sense. It would be like a, an ending at least I can understand, but then... He wakes up and he's somebody else and he's like an actor or a billionaire playboy or something and you know he's got this girlfriend who's an actress and they're kind of talking about some of the events from the previous comics like they were an episode in something that she filmed and maybe he was in it's 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 weird but but i realized i really think i realized like at the end of that was like well that that book might be great but i've kind of like, like sitting down to reading four of these in a row is a lot like it, it, it's weird to me that people walk into a comic store and they go, you know, I love Moon Knight. Every time a Moon Knight comic comes out, set it aside for me. I want it in my subscription box. <laughs> like, like I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing that with any com- any comic or any any character, really. I mean, well, I have to imagine that most people definitely don't have that opinion, which is why they they have not been steadily making Moon Knight comics for the last fifty years, right? Like, sure, some someone out there's favorite character is Moon Knight, but th- there's there's one of those for every, you know, 100,000 people whose favorite character is Spider-Man. Right, 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 right. But but there but there are people who do that and they're kind of the center of the comics industry. And they're why these books kind of come come out and crop up from time to time. Right. Or like they're just trying to see what's going to stick. I mean, it might be so cheap for Marvel to put this back out again that that uh they can see what sticks and like look moon knight is going to stick now i think they're going to mine i think they're going to mine these four books for content for the tv series i don't think they're going to go back to the 70s very much they're going to mine this more modern content we're going to see a lot of the things i think that we just talked about i think he's going to be absolutely absolutely it's already in the uh the promotional material that he's got like the he's got like the bone armor and the suit uh like the the tuxedo version of the moon knight costume right um that's that's granted like it's absolutely based on this stuff uh which is by the time this comes out i think that show will also be out and so it will sound like idiots but (laughs) well i I think it's i think it's i think it's weird though they get like all this free design they get all this this free kind of uh well there is a huge to do about the the hawkeye show of how like everything about the hawkeye show was totally uh, I can't remember the artist's name, and I know that's holding. Da- I keep calling David, it the Mac Fraction Run. David Aya is that it, his name? Is a- yes, A-J-A. yes, David. How yeah, how everything in that show and all the promotional material is just totally a ripoff of David Aya, who like doesn't get an extra paycheck for right. Hawkeye becoming a, a Disney Plus show. And yeah, that sucks. I hate that. I wish that uh, these people got more credit, and also I wish that they did better by the source material um in like with reference to things like the hawkeye show i'm sure i i don't think i would like a tv show that is like these moon knight comics but i don't know whatever they're they're gonna keep making these things until the earth burns down (laughs) so well no they're gonna keep making them until they don't make any money anymore right 
Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, Disney will stop making money when, <laughs> when we're all dead. When the earth so. burns down. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... Well, I, but 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 I I read these and I was like, do I like do I like volume one better because it's actually better? Or do I like it better because I wasn't so tired of it? You know, by the time I got to the fourth book, I was like, oh man, I'm really worn out. These dream sequences and this guy's talking to Conchu, and we're supposed to pretend like he's not talking to him, and we're supposed to pretend like there's any chance he's just purely insane and not the super powered hero. It's like how many how many times do I need to read that, right? Right. And I think this is a this is a problem, which is that every time they do Moon Knight, it, there is no there there's no loyalty to the concept of who Moon Knight is. And there's no personality for Moon Knight, which is pun unintended. It's not about multiple personality. It's like there's literally like even if your favorite character is Moon Knight, it's probably because you really like the costume. Right. And maybe because you liked one of the older Moon Knight comics that you think is really good. It's not like with. It's not like with Spider-Man where you can go back and and like this this run is what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. It's it's not like it's not like characters who are are fixed identities in our media who we understand like that that reads like Wolverine. That reads like, you know, mm-hmm. the Hulk. Um which is also weird because for a lot of characters who have been around long enough like <clears throat> There are so many different ident- there are so many different versions of Batman at this point that you can't you can't even say that. They like the version of Batman that I enjoy is radically different than most of most people my age and most people your age. Like it they're just so completely different that that we can barely even have the conversation about it. Um but it, but even then those iterations of those characters still represent a fixed identity in our minds. Superheroes are freaking weird they are very weird for me for me the strangest thing about the popularity of of superheroes is that like when something like moon knight has a tv series when the character has a tv series suddenly i know that target is going to be selling moon knight costumes for little kids for halloween you know there's going to be kids right walking around in costumes in the fall it's such a strange idea like I don't even know what to do with that. I remember when the Hellboy uh, movies came out and, and you know, uh, there was suddenly more people like dressing up as Hellboy. I mean, I mean, we dressed my daughter up as Hellboy when she was, I think, uh, three or four, you know, but it was a little more homemade because it hadn't quite hit yet. I was going to say that's that'd be so elaborate. Did you did you paint her red? Like, no, <laughs> how did that work? no. Uh, so I had some uh, some blocks, some little cylindrical blocks that I, I attached to barrettes and stuck in her hair. And then I painted on a little little beard for her. And she had an overcoat that somebody had given her when she was like one year old. Imagine there's a one year old overcoat, but she she had hulked out of it, right? So she wore it, even though it was too small, which was great because she was busting out of it. She <laughs> she wore a red T-shirt, and then I got one of those Hulk hands. Remember those Hulk hands that you could buy for a while at Target, yeah. the foam ones? And I painted that red. I'm familiar. I painted it red, and uh, right. I, but I, I messed up on the first one, so I had to paint the left one. So she had the left hand of Doom. She was Hell Girl with the left hand of Doom. <laughs> And we walked around. That's we walked. We walked around a uh, shopping center, and every like hundredth dad would go, "Wow!" <laughs> right? And nobody else knew who she was. <laughs> <laughs> well, but at that at that point, had the movies come out? I, like... I'm not sure. I can't remember. Maybe. I mean, like, 
I mean, my mom knows who Hellboy is because they were big movies at the time. Like, isn't it weird that your mom knows who Hellboy is and can talk about Abe Sapien? Like, what 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 world do we live in where this is true? It's so strange. Well, but, we live in a well, we live in a world where they made three major motion pictures called Hellboy. <laughs> I guess, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that. I I find it significantly weirder actually that my mother knows some obscure characters in the Marvel universe be, like you know because when, I, when did the first Hellboy movie come out I want to say like 2001 2002 no that no, was a like, little bit after so that it, but yeah yeah 2005 maybe it well anyway it was early enough in my own life that like sure Hellboy's been around like it, I I was not reading Dark Horse comics prior to that so hmm. that's not a that that doesn't that's not part of the equation but i do find it weird that like when i was a teenager i i knew who you know certain characters in avengers comics were i, I knew various marvel characters and and never did i think that these characters would become like one of the largest media franchises right of all movies and so that now my mom knows about the Winter Soldier, and I'm like, what the? What is happening? Yeah, <laughs> Why? that feels bizarre to me. Yeah, the Winter Soldier, like like Hawkeye. I mean, the Winter Soldier was I, I like the Winter Soldier didn't exist until I was an adult, right? So so, but but it's weird to me that Hawkeye is like this big media concern suddenly. I, I like what what is what is happening? Or like that uh, Shazam is suddenly big news. Or Black Adam? There's a Black Adam movie coming out. I don't know what world I live in right now. That's been in production for like over a decade. I I do want to talk about. So the other day there was an advertisement for the new. There's a sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog. So it's a Sonic the Hedgehog two, Sonic and Knuckles, whatever. Um. So but the, it was just a short little snippet before a YouTube video or something, and in it like Sonic and Knuckles are fighting on a mountain, and. <laughs> Sonic says, "Oh, great, the Winter Soldier," and like that's the whole clip that they're showing. And I, like, I just wanted to punch the screen <laughs> because, because, like, what is this snake eating its own tail? That is our like. It's so bizarre to me. This idea of like we we can unpack this so much of like, all right, so Sonic the Hedgehog, a character who originated in the '90s, is making reference to a comic from like 2006 ish which is itself a reference to a comic from like 1950 like i hate it i hate it so much (laughs) that these things are are there's the confluence of events that has turned this like that 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 someone made this trailer putting it out being like the general audience is gonna love when sonic the hedgehog makes a reference to the winter soldier that's the thing that's gonna sell the sequel to the sonic the hedgehog movie like I think that's the sign that our society has completely collapsed. You know? See, I think the sign is that they've made a Sonic the Hedgehog too. Uh, like, I don't, I don't. Isn't that game just about collecting rings? I mean, in, in kind of challenging ways. I'm so confused about that. The only, the only reason there is a sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog one as a film is because the first Sonic movie came out in 2020 in February before the world ended. Oh my god! <laughs> so, it's by pure luck of the draw it became like the highest grossing movie of 2020 which is terrible is it the highest grossing movie of 2020 is that a fact i don't i don't have the numbers in front of me but like i it probably is honestly i because what else came out in 2020 i don't know I, as a movie I, I, the coronavirus nobody cares that exactly like that's the only movie that anyone remembered for months and months oh, <laughs> was, willow, for, willow, willow. for a lot of people it, 
For a lot of people, it was the last movie they saw before the world ended. Think, how awful is that? <laughs> yeah, but Batman has come out and it's erased all all the history of the last two years, so it's good. The Batman, right? And it's cured the coronavirus. The Batman is taking care I, of everything. I have not, I have not seen the new Batman. I don't really have any interest in it. All the advertising for it just makes it look like <laughs> Christopher Nolan Batman Part Two, which we already got three of, and I didn't like those. Do you like? So. Do you like cheekbones? You'll love this movie. I the only thing I care I like Paul Dano. He's, he'd be the only reason I'd go see it, but it sounds like that's not a good enough reason to go see it's it. Not a, for it's me, not. It's not a good reason everyone. to go see it. If you're a Colin Farrell fan, maybe. I mean, it's like I, it's fun to see John Turturro. Zoe Kravitz is good. I mean, it's like. Eh. Did you Did you see it? I did see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you go to a movie theater? I did. I did. Yeah, it felt sinful. Took oh. took took my daughter. Went with a friend. Uh, saw it opening night. Actually, uh, it was wow. It was it was muted. It was fun. It was too long you know a lot of rain i don't know i want i want that on the poster it was muted comma it was fun what, what, <laughs> that's what, the worst way to sell anything no 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 I, no I just mean as an experience like you could tell like like it wasn't an opening night crowd like normally you go see a superhero movie opening night everybody's cheering and stuff and everybody was really quiet like nobody wanted to stir the air everybody's wearing masks hardly hardly moving in our seats just like nervous to be around each other it was it was weird it was a weird scene I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know, I'm, I'm expecting much more whooping uh, during the Moon Knight TV series premiere in my house. <laughs> so we'll see. Oscar Isaacs, woo! Yeah, I like Oscar Isaacs a lot. I, I kind of expect the Moon Knight show to suck just because... But I don't know, Marvel's surprise... That's the thing, is that when I like Marvel movies, it's because they do a good job of surprising me, right? Yeah, yeah, I expect everything to it's suck. Because the- so we'll see. N- yeah not books which is which is weird because we have right we have the different relationship with books i expect the books to be better and then i'm disappointed by them you don't expect the books to suck and you're always and then you love them anyway yeah yeah well there is something to like in any, each of these books but uh yeah I, I don't i don't think i'm ever gonna maybe read them again in my life we'll, right we'll see my yeah i think my final verdict on these moon nights is that it's it's not that they're unenjoyable they are enjoyable and they have great art i like i like looking at them yeah. they're well drawn yeah yeah um but at the same time i don't feel different reading than this than i would going to my comic book shop and buying a bunch of old you know tattered uh just random comics from the 70s on yellowed paper like I and I love doing that. I, I I have a lot of fun doing that. But I do it knowing that like I'm I'm sort of delving into something that time forgot. That like I, yeah, here's a here's a Superman comic where he you know fights three other Superman, each one who's tied to a flavor of ice cream. Like I think you'd be it, I think you'd be both surprised and 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 horrified by those old Moon Knight issues. I mean that's my suspicion. And there's a lot of them available on Hoopla. So. To anybody whose library subscribes to Hoopla, you can go find these old collections of Moon Knight comics on there, even older than what we've reviewed here. But, but I, I, I think that I think that like they're so like the comics from the '70s and '80s are so dialogue heavy. The superhero comics, especially, the, the dialogue is so divorced from the action. The layouts are so they're so weird sometimes. I mean, they're th- those comics are just built around the fights in a way that these comics aren't quite. Like I think comics have evolved since then, and I think I think those comics would have just been impossible to read, which is why I didn't want to cover any, like today in our talk. I just didn't find them really really enjoyable. I and like I think flipping through them, you'll find some things that are just like, wow, that's a great moment there. I wish they built on that more. But you know, mostly, yeah, it is. They are more nonsensical. I think everything was more family friendly. The comics code authority was still in play, so they feel 
less extreme in whatever version you want that to to be right less realistic less violent less graphic uh you know more respectful of authority they're just kind of at worst they're horrifying and at, at best they're kind of pappy you know with moments of brilliance still somehow worked in there but i, I find them for the most part unreadable and i grew up reading those as a kid uh, but, but I, th- I think they don't hold together and i think these at least are their attempts to have like a broader story i just feel like i feel like especially in these first three volumes they weren't given the time to really develop those stories they're probably trying to write to a single volume format in a way that that um they don't quite pace correctly does that make sense well i here's i don't think these comics would be better if they took if it took i don't if it took 12 issues to explain that the psychologist is trying to usurp Khonshu's power to kill an African warlord, that would not be a better comic. I think that these are exactly the length they need to be. That's not their problem. Well, I, I, th- like, I, th- I think it, I, I think if we stayed in that moment for a bit, it would be better, though, at least. Like, there's an idea there that's just, like, glossed over so fast that whatever they wanted to I do mean, with it, maybe it would have been better. I, I, I think... I don't know. I think it would have been fine if we had met the therapist character in previous comics and like learned to trust her in like a Hugo Strange situation with Batman. Like Mm. if we had reason to trust her and then she betrayed Moon Knight and the reader, that would be interesting. That would be fine. Um, But yeah, no, she's introduced and then she's immediately evil. And that's fine, too, because it's a it's a dumb superhero comic. It doesn't need to be. (laughs) This is not meant to be high art, right? That's not to say that it, it doesn't have a lot of craft in it, because it totally does. But like By blade it this, doth sting, Willow, it doth sting. I look <laughs> I don't even like high art, right? That's part of it, is that I think most of the things that uh, that people would would consider high literature I don't think are worth our time a lot a lot of the time. Um, and so in that way, I, I'm by my own standards, you'd think I'd be complimenting this. I think I think this Moon Knight is, if if you like superheroes, go ahead and read this. But like, don't prioritize it. Go read the superhero of your choice, and eventually get around to this Moon Knight. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of people are going to pick up these books uh, just after the TV show. Anyway, I'll be curious to see if they end up with an Oscar Isaac uh, cover on any of these. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Well, I guarantee you, what's going to happen is that they're going to redefine. This is what always happens with everything. Like, remember when Thor and... Do- remember when there was a character named Donald Blake who inherited the th- powers of Thor? And then we just gave up on that. Remember when Tony Stark was an alcoholic and we, we don't care about... Like, these characters used to be a lot... Have a lot of other things going on. And the movies just abandoned them for because it's easier. Yeah. And we all just agreed. Like, uh, today there was a thing about how... Um, they're adapting the the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel to Disney Plus, mm-hmm. but they've changed her powers entirely. Oh no! Um, because they don't want to have her compete with Mister Fantastic in terms of because they haven't done that yet, yeah. and so they're changing her powers. And I guarantee you, when that by the time that show comes out, there's going to be a new Miss Marvel Kamala Khan comic book where her powers are different now because we can't possibly entertain these different things, right? We can't possibly it, it, the the even though the comics are supposed to spawn the secondary media the secondary media is going to parasitically alter the source material you know remember when nobody cared about guardians of the galaxy and it was just a weird <laughs> space opera and then 
it now it's you know you can't escape Guardians of the Galaxy comics at your local comic shop. All I want to say, There's Willow. So all I want to say, Willow, is in a world where people get superpowers, I think it's reasonable that superpowers can change. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna hate that show. I'm so worried. I'm so much more worried about that show than about Moon Knight. Oh well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna change my view. Uh, if you're looking for a good superhero comic to read, go read the go read the original uh, Kamala Khan Miss Marvel run oh, by so G. Willow Wilson. So good. Just go read that. It's better. It's a good comic. You should want it to read it anyway. You should it should be in your collection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Infinitely better than this Moon Knight. <laughs> I'll say that. It's so hard to create a new good superhero, especially in an established world like Marvel and DC. So when someone does it, it's it's incredible. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, go read that. <laughs> okay, a solid recommendation from Willow. And Willow, what are we reading next time on Bookstabber? We don't know, but I sure hope that the folks at home go to www.hauntedskull.com and read my new webcomic that totally is guilty of all of the criticisms <laughs> that I just laid out at Moon Knight today. Fair enough. And I'm I'm fully self-aware of that, Fair but it's, it's tonally different, so uh, therefore I'm exempt from all criticism. No, 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 no. It does the same things, but it's mine. That's what you need to say. <laughs> it's dumb on purpose. That's, yeah, that's the ultimate uh, anti-criticism defense. I, it is. It is. Yeah, that's part of my defense of the Ellis book, but I don't know. Okay, well, anyway, I've had fun. This is, I'm, I'm glad we read these, uh, even though maybe I'm, maybe part of me is like, uh, I don't want to read them again, so... Yeah, this is this is a good time. I appreciate you humoring me if, in, in picking the uh, Moon Knight comics. If folks at home uh, have something that they would like us to read for our next episode, please feel free to email us at bookstabberpodcast at gmail dot com. Please, please, please do. Uh, and yeah, I think I think that's it. Have a good day. Keep stabbing. Keep stabbing. Later.